It doesn't feel like the same world that we were in a couple of weeks ago. It doesn't feel like the world where this community in this space and then in the Redeemer space on Yom Kippur, Bakashan, where we, where we prayed and we, we implored and we connected and we yearned. It doesn't feel like the entire Jewish world is in the same space it was in a month ago. The crescendo of Adonai Hu Elohim, that compassion is the force, the force in the universe. And then the joy of Sukkot and... And nonetheless, we were here, like other communities around this community, around this neighborhood, around the country, around the world, we were singing and dancing right here in this space. A couple of pews were missing, but we were singing and dancing, doing hakafot on Tuesday, Monday night and Tuesday. And it was at that Simchat Torah celebration that I shared with this community the teaching of the end of the Torah and the beginning of the Torah. Do people remember? The end of the Torah is Le'enei Kol Yisrael. The Torah ends with the words before the eyes of Israel. The Chol HaMorah HaGadol, the great, awesome event that took place before their very eyes. And the last letter of the entire Torah is Alamid. And between, as we, for those of you who weren't here, we rolled the Torah all the way out. We opened the whole thing. And people could see the last letter, Lamid, of the Torah. And then the very first word and letter of the Torah, Bereshit Bet, begins with Abet. And that together the rabbis have told us that the Lamid that ends the Torah and the Bet that begins the Torah form a word, Lev, which means heart. And we talked about that. The biggest space in the world is between that Lamid and that Bet, right? between the end of the story and the beginning of the story, between knowing what things, how they are supposed to fit in the parashiot, in the seder of the world. We have a lamet, we have a bet, we have a huge expanse, a huge revach, ben lamet lebet. And the whole work that we do in this world is to bring the lamet and the bet together. The Torah is supposed to be, and religion in general is supposed to be giving us rachman alibabai. We need to, a heart that feels, that is inspired, that knows love and compassion. But how much blood is between the lament and the bet in this world? Yeah? How much pain, how much suffering, how much misunderstanding? It's almost an infinity between those two letters. To bring the lament and the bet together would be, oh, what a world it would be. They should go together like a wink and a smile, like a, a Fred Astaire and a Ginger Rogers, like an L and a B. It should be lave. They go together, but they don't. So we finish the Torah and then we dance. We say, you know what? The only way to bridge them is to dance with them. <laughs> so the only way to bring the two together is we have to bring them close. We dance with them. That's when the heart comes together. So the Torah ends, we celebrate. And then the world is born again. This, this weekend, tomorrow morning, our bar mitzvah, Yonah, Jonah, We'll read from Breshit. The world starts. It's again. And we get to read the same story again. We say, oh, great. Whew. God creates the world. Wonderful. And that little bet there that starts the Torah, that little bet, that little bet of two-ness. There are a lot of twos. The two of 
Adam and Eve, the two in a moment of Cain and Abel. But we're all excited because look, the sun and the moon and the stars and the whole world is reborn and wonderful, Shalom al Yisrael, it's all happy. And then the Torah says, you know, this Torah that we have is not a fantasy. It's a very real book. It talks about very real characters, some of them not so savory. And right here in the beginning of the joy of the creation of the world, the myth of how we came to be, the story of Cain and Hevel. Fantastic. The world in all of its grandeur and beauty is surrounding them, and yet, and Cain rose up and killed his brother Hevel. And right in this story, in the beginning of our yearly narrative, we have the beginning of the most important question in the entire Torah and the entire project of the Torah. Vayomer Kayin, Hashomer Achi Anochi, am I my brother's keeper? Rabbi Sharon Braus, my dear friend out in LA, I heard this in her name and I've thought for a long time about it. God doesn't answer that question. That question, that pregnant pause, that am I my brother's keeper, hangs over the book of Genesis and maybe the entire Torah. Am I my brother's keeper? Nobody answers. God should have said, of course you are. God left room for criticism. Yeah. God left room for people to say, well, why didn't you just tell them, God, that they are their brother's keeper? It would have done away with a lot of confusion. In fact, even this week in Israel, a famous rabbi, Nathan Lopez Cardozo, who has his own institute, an Orthodox rabbi in Jerusalem, wrote a letter to, in the times of Israel to God, the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent deity, and in true Jewish fashion said, are you kidding? Are you kidding? You can't do any better than this God? This is a guy with a beard, the full thing. Are you joking? Like Abraham with his dome and Amora, like Moshe, like Jeremiah. Are you joking? He goes on to list all of the things that God should be criticized for, should be. But here's the, here, here it is, folks. God doesn't answer the question because he wants us to answer the question. God doesn't answer the question, are we our brother's keeper? Because he's asking us to find it in our hearts, are, are we our brother's keepers? And the book of Genesis, all 50 chapters, is a studied question. It is a meditation on that question. Is it Isaac and Ishmael? Which one will you choose? Oh, I'll take Isaac. Really? Is that what God wants? How about Esau and Jacob? Which one? Choose. Oh, Jacob's the chosen one. Not so fast. Until Jacob and Joseph. And the great moment of Judah the prince, Judah the great, who says, I will take full responsibility for my brother Joseph. I won't leave any brother out. That is when the answer comes. Judah says, I can answer the question for you. I'm my brother's keeper. The brother motif is the single most important 
motif, I would argue, in all of Torah. The question of who is your brother and what your responsibilities are to your brother or sister is paramount in the spiritual technology and questions of the Torah. How big is your circle? Is it right here? Is it this big? Is it that big? How big is your circle? I know from what I speak, I have a twin brother. I know what it is to fight with my brother. I have two little boys, and even though they're six and four, I have seen a thing or two about what it means to compete with your brother. We all know that it's not a simple answer. Who are our brothers? But we can't enter into this parsha and this story of Cain and Hevel with what's going on in Israel without feeling our brother's pain. It's not safe to walk in the streets of Jerusalem now. It's not safe in Israel. And we feel that pain. And it's at moments like this that everything in our DNA says, I will tell you how tightly I will draw my circle. Right here, around my brothers. Who are my brothers? Oh, they're the ones who are my Jewish brothers, my Jewish friends, my co-religionists, my co-nationalists. Rav Cook, who isn't a stranger to this question, wrote a beautiful piece called Shir Mirubah. Some of you might be familiar with it. It's worth singing tonight. There is one who sings the song of his or her own life and in himself or herself finds everything. There is another who sings the song of their people. They leave the circle of their own individual self because they find it without sufficient breath. They aspire toward heights. They attach themselves with a gentle love to the whole community of Israel. And together with her, they sing the songs of Israel. They grieve her afflictions and delight in her hopes. There is yet another who reaches toward more distant realms going beyond the boundary of Israel to sing the song of humanity itself. That person's spirit extends to the widest vistas of the majesty of, human, of humanity in general. And then there is one who rises toward wider horizons than humanity itself, towards all of existence, all of God's creatures, all worlds, singing the songs with them. And then finally, there is one who rises with all of these songs in one ensemble, and they join their voices together. The song of the self, the song of the people, the song of humanity, the song of the world, all merging in them at all times, in every hour. This is the deeper meaning of Yisrael, which means Shir El, the song of God. Shir Hashirim, Asher Lishlomo. Egocentric, ethnocentric, world-centric, cosmocentric. We live in increasing expansion of circles of care and concern. It, it makes sense for us to care about our family first. It's natural. I turn on Haaretz right away when I get home. It makes sense for us to react in shock and in terror. 
But we begin this Shabbat, Shabbat Breshit, with the question of, are you my brother? I know that I, when I was in Israel, I would walk around, I'd like to go to a local falafel store in uh, the German colony. And every time I'm there, the, I walk in, the guy sees me and goes, Alan, achi, manyanim, achi, achi, achi. Do you know what achi is? It's like brother, it's slang for brother, like bro. How's it going, bro? Hey, bro, what's up, bro? Achi. Can everybody say that? Achi. achi. Again, one more time. Ah? Achi. Achi. My brother. You can also, my sister, achoti, my sister. Hashomer achi anochi is that our challenge living here in New York City and wherever we are is to check in on those different circles of care and concern. Are you my brother? Are you my sister? How soft are those boundaries? How can they remain open and fluid? Especially now when there's violence that threatens to send us on a spiral of forgetting the call of Genesis. So I want to bless all of you to be on the hook tonight, tomorrow, in the coming weeks. Identify with your people. Identify with your family. Identify with your nation. But don't forget that the goal is to be able to say to all of creation, you are all my brothers and sisters. That's the day that we dream for. That's the day that we pray for. That's the day that we hope for. And if we keep that dream alive in small interactions, in big interactions, and it doesn't matter how dark it is, we can always light a candle of hope amidst that. Yeah? Make sense? Let's rise for Aleinu.